The gospel reading this evening comes to us from St. Matthew, the sixth chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Our Matthew reading tonight is chapter 6, verses 1 through 6 and 16 through 21, and can be found in your Pew Bible on page 1503. Praise to you, Lord. Be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others, to be seen by them. If you do, you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. So when you give to the needy, do not announce it with the trumpets, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets, to be honored by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full, But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your giving may be in secret. Then your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand, excuse me, they love to pray standing in the synagogues, and on the street corners to be seen by others. And truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room and close the door and pray to the Father who is unseen. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. When you fast, Do not look somber, as the hypocrites do, for they disfigure their faces to show others that they are fasting. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face so that it will not be obvious to others that you are fasting, but only to your Father, who is unseen. And your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy And where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Will you pray with me? May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Now, Lenten season is upon us. Traditionally, joy would not be a word that is used in conjunction with the Lenten season. Traditionally, joy is withheld. 
joy is withheld for a period of 40 days. And a much more somber hue is associated with penance and fasting and denying yourself and remembering and and somehow personalizing the great sacrifice that Christ made on that cross for you and for me, for our sins. Now often, the hymn of praise is left out of the liturgy and the word, Alleluia, is left out as well. Purple is the color for the season. It is often associated with penitence. The Lenten season has been set apart, distinct from, in contrast to the rest of the year. It sets up a powerful contrast to the joy-filled celebration of Jesus' resurrection. When again, when again we sing loudly with shouts of joy, Alleluia, Alleluia, Amen. So here's a question. Is it okay to be joyful during Lent? It is. Of course it is. Of course it is. Because you know what's coming in 40 days. In just 40 days after Ash Wednesday, we personally know the gift, the gift who is the Son of God, the perfect Lamb of God, that takes away the sin of the world upon himself, becomes sin for you, for me. And he says from the tomb, from the tomb, he says, I have new life for you. That's unusual, but that's the beauty. It is the same voice from our Savior that said from the cross, pinned to that cross, I love you. To each and every one of you, he says, I love you. Now, during this period of time, traditionally, maybe some of you are doing it, we give up something. I uh, got an email from somebody that said they are going to give up autocorrect or auto spell for lint this season. Those of you that use uh, the computers, it never picks out the word that you really want. And you have to be very careful because it can pick out a word that completely changes what you're wanting to say. So that's really not giving anything up. But what are some of the things people might give up? I know somebody, <laughs> I'm giving up carbs. <laughs> Eating my sandwich, going, good luck with that. Yeah, sourdough. But people give up alcohol. Maybe they give up um, social media. 
maybe they give up um, ice cream, smoking. Yeah, that would be a good one. Thank you there, Tim. Appreciate that. <laughs> but do we have to? Does it say anywhere in the Bible that that, that makes us closer to God? No. No, it, it, it isn't necessarily a bad thing, but here's the point. Jesus has already, already lented. I think that's a word. I, caused, I made it up but tonight, but he's already lented for you and for me. He gave up all. He endured all. And he took upon himself all, just for you and for me. Therefore, it would be wrong for me to tell you to give something up during Lent. Neither the scriptures nor our Lutheran confessions, which we hold dear, require us to do this as a way of remembering the terrible price paid by the Lamb of God. It's just not in there. Our Christian freedom allows us to be free to give up something. Does that make sense? It doesn't say you have to. It doesn't say you are farther away from Christ if you don't. But our freedom in Christ allows us to do that. Why would you do that? Well, maybe personally you're like, well, he gave it up all. Maybe this is a small thing I can give up. If you want to do that, that's great. Here's the thing, though. By giving something up ourselves does not give us license to look down upon others on another Christian who does not choose to do this. That make sense? That's why Jesus loves me more because I gave up. It didn't work that way. Now listen to this. As for me and my house, as for me and my house, we will forever be saying, Alleluia, pass the chocolate. I want to remind you this, that there's a, a great paradox that defines the confession of this church, of the Lutheran church. And here it is. Christ is sinless, yet he became, yet he became sin. We are guilty, yet we are declared innocent. We are dying, and yet we live. We are punished. Yet we are not killed. The truth is that repentance is that intersection of faith. 
knowing that we deserve death. But we are gifted with life. We are broken. Our hearts are broken. And we are grounded in Christ's forgiveness. Isn't that true every Sunday? We might have a broken heart. But we hear these sweet words of absolution after we confess that if we say we are without sin, we deceive ourselves. And the truth is not in us. But if we confess, God who is faithful and just is quick to forgive us all of our sins. And then we hear that for his sake, for his son's sake, he forgives you all of your sins. And he even allows me to say by his authority to declare to you the forgiveness of all of your sins in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. That's joy. That's joy. And the thing that we hear from God and he's calling out to us, much like when God revealed his son on the mountain of transfiguration, God says, return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and he is merciful. But wait, there's more. Not five minutes more, but there's more gracious and giving. He's going to make us new tonight. Tonight you were marked by the cross, reminded you are but dust, and to dust you will return. But that's not the end of the story. He restores you week after week when we partake of his body and his blood, and we are made new again, covered by his grace. That's joy. So to answer the question I had earlier, yes, Advent is a time of joy. It is also a time of reflection. May the God of all love and mercy be with you. In the name of Jesus, amen.